السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات عمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فيا عباد الله يقول الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه العزيز بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والتين والزيتون وطول سينين وهذا البلد الأمين لقد خلقنا الإنسان في أحسن تقويم صدق الله العلي العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إنما بعثت لأتمم صالح الأخلاق وكما قال عليه الصلاة والتسليم About two or three weeks ago, we had, a, we had started a series titled Islamic Manners, based off of a book called Min Adab al-Islam by Sheikh Abdul Fattah Abu Ghudda, rahmatullahi alayhi. And the first one, or the first topic, addressed the topic of the importance of appearance and how we present ourselves. Whether we're, people, we're with people we've never met, we're with honorable people, it doesn't matter if it's our close friend or relative. Your appearance and how you present yourself is of utmost importance. Even just with your wife, even the husband and the wife. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam regarding him, the wives of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that he would always smell good. He would always dress good. His hair was oil, his beard was combed properly, and he presented himself in a good manner. The second topic was, when we enter our homes, how do we present ourselves? Right? How do you present yourself when you go meet a friend? You go into their house, how do you present yourself? And then compare it to how you, how you visit when you go to your own home. When you visit a friend, you smile, you hug him. You know, you're excited, you're happy to visit a friend. That same happiness, that same smile, that same method, you enter the home of one of your friends that you're visiting, is the same manner, if not more important, the way you enter your home. You don't walk into your house, put this face, I'm so tired, I don't want to be home. Your children see, and the first thing your children see is, you're upset, you're angry, you're tired, you're exhausted. No, you walk in your home, you say, Assalamu alaikum. You say it lightly like you're happy to be home. 
Your children are happy to see you, you also reciprocate and show them that you're happy to see them too. What we do outside of our homes is different in complete contrast to what we do at home. But these are the teachings of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yesterday after Salatul Isha, we went over how to instill love for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam within you. One method obviously is to continuously say sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sallallahu alayhi wa Keep saying it. إِنَّ أَوْلَ النَّاسِ بِيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَكْثَرُهُمْ عَلَيِّ الصَّلَةِ the one who will be the closest, Ola was used to the Prophet ﷺ on the Day of Judgment is the one who sent the most salawat upon Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What's number two? That whatever you do is in accordance to the sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So you're asking yourself, why am I doing something? Because it's a sunnah. So you're not going home saying assalamu alaikum loudly with a smiling face, with a happy face, just because you want to, just because it's your akhlaq, just because how you talk, but because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told you to do. When the Prophet sallallahu used to enter home after salat al-fajr, he used to say assalamu alaikum to them. He used to ask them, how are you? And then he used to say to them, do we have anything to eat? He wouldn't say, why isn't breakfast ready? Why isn't lunch ready? Why isn't... Do we have anything? Alhamdulillah, when we go home, we are able to ask our wives, is any food ready? The Prophet ﷺ didn't ask, is any food ready? The Prophet ﷺ said, do we have anything to eat? Do we have anything to eat? Not, why isn't it ready? And his wife, if his wife responded, we don't have anything to eat? It's okay, don't worry. I'll just fast today. What is our answer? We go home. We ask the wife, is dinner ready? She says, dinner is not ready. What does the husband say? Tika, I'm just going to starve today. I'm just going to starve today. You didn't even make any food. I'm going to starve today. Complete contradiction to what the Prophet ﷺ told us. Do we have breakfast? No, we don't have anything to eat. It's okay, I'll fast today. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Today, my, today Allah doesn't want me to eat, I'll have sabr. Tomorrow if Allah allows me to eat, I'll be grateful. You see, in order to be grateful of something or someone, you need to be separated from them for some time and you need to lose it for some time, then you can, then can value it properly. Right? If you lose it, you value it. So sometimes the Prophet ﷺ had something to eat, so he was grateful, but in order to truly be grateful for that food, there were times where he didn't have anything to eat. So now when he does have something to eat, he was grateful. So today inshallah, we're going to go over the third topic. I just want to recap a little bit before we continue inshallah. So the third topic inshallah. And remember, Shaykh Abdul Fattah, Rahimullah, just passed away maybe you know, in the 80s I believe it was. And he's writing a booklet, seeing the situation of the social life of the Muslims. So he says the third topic is the manners of visiting people. And previously we had spoken, in order to follow the, the manners of visiting, we have to first invite people over for them to visit. So we need this habit of inviting guests over. The Sahaba and the Prophet was known for his hospitality. The Sahaba was known for their hospitality. 
and we are known for not inviting anyone. There, oh, doors were wide open. You didn't need to be invited. Their doors were so wide open, you didn't need to be invited. The Prophet ﷺ could be walking and the Sahaba would say, can you come to my house and eat? Sahaba radiallahu ajma'een could be walking and another Sahaba would say, come and eat with me. One Sahaba could just be like, I'm hungry and the Sahaba would say, I'm ready to take you. And the famous story of the Sahaba radiallahu ajma'een where Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, who will take care of my guests? Who will take care of my guests? The Prophet said that. The Sahaba who invited him over, famous story, famous narration of a famous hadith, where the Sahaba who took care of the guests of the Nabi didn't have enough food for his children. Didn't have enough food for his children. So you don't need to be wealthy to invite guests. You don't need to be extravagant in your food to invite guests. That Sahaba who took care of the guests of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam didn't have enough food for his children. And we know children are first. Right? If children have food, then we can concentrate on our food. So if he didn't have enough food for his children, he definitely didn't have enough food for himself and his wife. And he took care of the guests of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by telling the wife, put the children to sleep and turn off the lantern a little bit so he thinks we're eating too whereas he will be the only one eating whereas he will be the only one eating what honor did he have the next day he came the prophet wasallam says this entire dunya doesn't know what you did last night but Allah says he was happy with what you did last night no one sees what you're doing in private only Allah sees it. And Allah will reward you immensely, abundantly, to such a level you didn't even think about it. Prophet imagine if the Prophet came to you and said, Allah knows what you did. No one else knows. But Allah knows. And He's so happy with you. If you had the happiness of Allah, what else do you need? If Allah is happy with you, what else do you need? You don't need anything else. So in order to go over the etiquettes of manners of visitation, of visiting, we need to first be people who invite. Anyways, the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned some etiquettes. And through the Qur'an we can go over these etiquettes. Number one is, or the first point to point out, is that the importance of keeping an appointment. What do I mean by that? So if you're inviting or you're invited, this Desi standard timing must go. It's not from within Islam. If the Dawat in the invitation is for seven, the Dawat in the invitation is at seven. Not 7.15, not 7.20, not 7.30, not 7.45, not 8 o'clock. So it, when it comes to inviting someone and visiting someone, we need to be on point for time. And if you really think about it, if Salatul Isha is at 8.30, and you're here at 8.30, and I say, you know, let's wait a minute or two, let's wait a minute, minute or three, let's wait five more minutes, everyone's going to stand up, trying to indirectly show, Salat time is 8.30, we need to start at 8.30. 
Right? So when it comes to other things, we're on point. Because it's, it's wasting my time. I came here at 8.30. I want salah to start at 8.30. Why is he taking 30 seconds longer? Why is he taking one minute longer? We have to start at 8.30. But when it comes to inviting or being invited, timing is no longer considered. We're upset when salah is delayed, but we don't even complain when the dawahs are late. So if somebody invites you, or you invite someone, you tell them 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock is the time you're inviting them. Out of etiquette, the person who's invited should not come earlier than 7 o'clock. And if you come earlier than 7 o'clock, then it is respect the host that invited you because they gave you a time. So out of common courtesy, if they let you in, alhamdulillah, if not, وَإِنْ قِيلَ لَكُمْ فَرْجِعُوا If they tell you, go back for now, ذَلِكَ أَزْكَى If you get, go to someone's house and they say, right now, can you please go? We're not ready. That is the most virtuous thing to do. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Azka. It's the most pure thing to do. Because what happens is, if you come at 6.45, you're invited at 7, the person starts lying. Oh, we're not ready. Can you just wait a few minutes? We gotta clean up. Or, or they start making up a bunch of lies to send them back for some time. Whereas the Prophet, Allah said, that's a Quranic verse. وَإِنْ قِيلَ لَكُمْ فَرْجِعُوا if you're told, go back, then go back. That's better for you. You're going to avoid lying and everything. So the first point is, the time you invite is the time you should be there. And that is the time the host should be ready for them. Generally, when it comes to ulama, mashayikh, imams, I've noticed generally they are very extreme on their time. You say seven, they'll be there by seven. Maybe a little bit late, maybe a little bit earlier, but... They have to get back for salah. They're leading salah. They might have to go advise. And not just the ulama. If somebody is working, if you tell them 7 o'clock, maybe they have somewhere else to be at 8.30. Maybe they have somewhere. So from within Islam, You fulfill your promises. So by telling someone a time, you are promising them that time. By not giving them the food, or not in you know, the party, the, the, the gathering, not starting at the time that you said, then you are going against your promise and going against the teachings of Qur'an. This might sound like, okay, we're all accustomed to it, but these are against the etiquette of the Prophet and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us. So this Desi standard time must go. The time that you gave is the time that you should be available. That's the time that it should start. Now, if you're invited and you said yes, if you're invited and you said yes, while in your mind you know you're not going to show up, the Prophet ﷺ said, then this is from amongst the signs of a munafiq, of a hypocrite. You're lying. So if you say yes, then you're going to be there. But you can say inshallah if you want. But if you say yes, while in your mind you're already planning for not attending, then you're lying. And that is from amongst the signs of a hypocrite. So if you can't attend the gathering, just tell them you can't attend. Simple as that. Or say inshallah. That is, inshallah is the trick of a mulvi. Inshallah is the trick of a scholar. When we study fiqh, anything ittisal and be inshallah, then mashiach, anything that is connected with inshallah, it cancels everything before it. 
That is why when somebody says, inshallah, we have to ask him, is this the Mulvi, inshallah, is it the proper inshallah? What's inshallah? Is it inshallah that with the intention of you're going to do it? Or is it with the intention that you're trying to negate everything that was said before? Inshallah is the most powerful dua that we have. They just say inshallah. Yes, inshallah, I'll be there. Allah wills, I'll be there. But if you say yes, then you have to be there. Now, let's say you had intention to go. But for some reason you couldn't make it. And you didn't inform the person that invited you, then that is also considered lying. Imam Ghazali rahmatullahi alayhi says, that if you are invited somewhere for a gathering at an appointed time, and for some reason with a valid excuse, you are not able to make it, and you didn't inform that person, then that is also lying. Imam Ghazali rahimahullah writes this, and it's Ihya ulub al-Din. These are simple etiquettes. These are not farfets, these are simple etiquettes taught by the Prophet So number one, when you invite someone, stick with the appointed time. That's the time you gave them. Number two, if you're not able to attend, clearly tell them. Number three, if something else messes up during that time, then go ahead and tell them that I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to make it, I apologize, go ahead and tell them the truth. We live in an age of communication. It literally takes, you know, before when we were youngsters, you know, we had the Sony Ericsson, the Nokia, and you had the zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And in order to, you know, get to letter C, you had to press the number one three times, and then you know to press another number three times to just write, I can't make it. You know, that's how it was a little bit difficult. And then you know, some people who were very tech savvy, they became experts in that text messaging skill. Then we came to the era of touch screen where now you have the keyboard, keyboard, the same keyboard that you have on your computers. Now it's even easy. We just have to tell Siri to send the text message. I'm scared to say, hey Siri, because it might trigger my phone. It takes five seconds to inform someone I won't be able to make it. And we don't even have that much etiquette. We have this RSVP because they need to know how many people are going to attend. So if you said you're going to show up, they have prepared food for that many people. Or they had to pay on a per person basis. These are common etiquettes. This is within Islam. So you're not doing these etiquettes because you believe it's etiquette. You're doing these etiquettes because this is what Islam is. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what did he say? Innama. Innama in Arabic, what does innama mean? Only. This is the only reason. I was what? Bu'ithu, I was sent. What was it? Out of all the things the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam could have said. In one narration, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Innama bu'ithu mu'allima. I have been sent as a teacher. I have been sent as a teacher. Teacher of what? is one narration. I have been sent as a teacher. That is why we call him Al-Mu'allim, the teacher. What does he say? Innama masalih al-akhlaq. I have been sent to perfect character. I have been sent to do what? Perfect character. If every person had good character, there would never be fights amongst this community. There would be never fights. There would never be fights amongst the Ummah. Because we follow the etiquettes of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. These are simple etiquettes of inviting, attending, gatherings, etc. Very simple etiquettes that in reality could go a long way if you really think about it. You know these Muslims, they're always on time. These Muslims, when they say something, they fulfill their promises. 
You see, it indirectly affects you. When you tell someone that you're going to, that the gathering will start at 7, and it doesn't start at 7, it starts at 7.35, 7.30, 7.45, 8 o'clock. It is indirectly breaking a promise. And it leads to, it leaves you to indirectly break more promises too, unknowingly. Because now you have a habit of breaking promises. You have a habit of not keeping your appointments. And anything that we do, when we tell someone we're going to do something as Muslims, we fulfill those promises. We, we fulfill those appointments. We fulfill those guarantees. Inshallah, in our next session, we'll finish the topic of manners of visiting. I was not able to complete, but inshallah, in our next topic, we'll uh, finish that topic, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instill the akhlaq of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam within us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the akhlaq, the beautiful manners, etiquette of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Jazakumullahu khayran wa akhiru dawana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Just a few announcements very quickly, inshallah. Number one,